It's now time for the Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed podcast show with our new jingle. Enjoy. Broadcasting from Edinburgh, Scotland, across the globe. You're listening to Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed, the people's podcast. Here to rock the podcast world. Hello, thank you for listening to our new jingle. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, a bit more different, still a little bit rocky from our last one. A bit more modern, upbeat. Uh, a couple of new other things coming up in the, in the show that we're going to fit in as I record uh, what I'm talking about. So hopefully you like our jingles. Um, if you can, as I say, you can give us feedback because one of the jingles is regarding you guys giving us feedback on our show because without your feedback we cannot tell you what if we're doing good or bad and we would love to hear from you please email us at hatrickandramsey at gmail.com but we will play that jingle later on, the new one and we have a, we'll also have a word from our sponsors as well which is great, which our show is brought to you by which I think I will introduced to you just now this show is brought to you by edinburghdusters.com and ideasgoinglive.com there we go there's one of our new uh, jingle drops or what are you going to call it the radio uh, dj drops that i was trying to say that's what it is so when there's our sponsors um so what we're going to talk about what am i going to talk about and i'm going to talk about stuff a little bit in the news we talk about breaking news which is on sky news uh mary cree or how you pronounce her name has quit the labor leadership race job uh so basically there's not, not many left <laughs> so labor there was about four or five now there's two so um that sums up labor for you um that's and the other thing i'm going to talk about i'm going to talk about the border between the US and Mexico. Uh, looking on Breibart News, I uh, thought I would share it, read a wee story regarding that, and uh, you can just give us your views uh, on that. Also, there is San Francisco's hollow point ban endangers lives. Just ask the NYPD. I'll talk about that. Obviously, it's regarding. Uh, basically saving lives and obviously bullets and stuff and guns a little bit I think but I'm going to read it anyway but it's just to get in for sharing some American news for a change instead of just the general stuff that's going on in the UK because sometimes the UK news is a little boring and really about as exciting as watching paint dry so and so 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 I'm going to talk about something a bit different uh, after that we're going to talk about TV's biggest female stars discuss age, race, and sex scenes. Saucy, matron. Anyway, yes, um, I'm talking about uh, Hollywood TV stars. Um, <clears throat> getting carried away with myself. And next, no, that was next. No, that is it. That's three, just the four, just the four stories. I thought I was going to talk about something else. But, uh, and I hope you like our new jingles. Anyway, 
Where am I going to start? I'm going to start with Sky News, just the most Labour get out of the road, just sort of bore the hell out of you. It's only a Labour member. Just as bad as SNP instability. Even more boring. Anyway. So, Mary Cree has withdrawn from the race to become the next Labour leader, succeeding Ed Miliband. So Miliband is obviously not so good, he's joining Tony Blair and the cruise ships. Uh, so that's where he is. Um, it leaves, a sh leaves Shadow Health Secretary Andy Burnham, who's about as exciting as a poke in the eye, uh, Shadow Home Secretary Yvette Cooper, and the Shadow Health Minister Liz... Sorry, I, I thought there was only two, there's three. Um, can't do the maths. Um, Health Minister Liz Kendall definitely on the ballot paper. So there's three, and there's also Jeremy uh, Corbyn, the most urban, the most left-wing candidate, is reportedly only halfway to getting the required 35 nominations from MPs before next week's deadline. So it looks like, well, you've got a, pretty much a three-horse three race now. You, it was a four, so who do you think will be the next Labour leader standing in, taking over from the vacant post from Ed Miliband? Um, well, <laughs> watch this space. So uh, you've not got much choice. Andy Burnham is, well... Isn't got any balls, or has he? And uh, Yvette Cooper, well, she has a she has a husband who's got balls, but we'll leave that one there. Um, so there's not going to be much joy in the Labour Party in, in the UK. They're not. They're all quitting. They're saying, hmm, "I'm just going to step down." Bye. So they're going to have nobody to stand for the Labour leader at this rate. I think they're just all going to quit because they're all bunch of chickens. So anyway. Um, that's enough about labour and bore you to tears on that one. Let's talk about borders between the US and Mexico. Um, they're saying that it is more than just a line on the map. It is most, sorry, it is one of the few places on earth where nothing but a line on a map separates the third world from the, from the first. A line that allows some to live in abundance while condemning others to a life sentence of a squalor. A line that separates the land where the dreams can come true from one where dreams are not ex exclusive. Domain of a wealth a few. A line that marks the transition from a, a nation that is recognised for its economic and political stability to one that is just a notorious for its economic and political instability. That line is the border between the United States and Mexico. But it is more than a line separating two countries. It is a boundary separating two philosophies that can trace their origins back to the Roman Empire and the Germanic tribes that resist, sorry, resisted their autocratic rule. By the time Columbus set sail for the New World, Spain had revived the Roman political system the government was very centralised and the state, in the form of the king, was above all. Her kings had the same authority over his subjects as that the most powerful Caesar. The principles of divine right meant that he, the king, was chosen by God to rule the people, his people, with absolute authority. This was reinforced by the revived Roman church, which constantly preached that the disobeyed uh, the king not only endangered your life, but also condemned your immortal soul. This made the king owner of all within his domain, including the people. 
the duty of the common man was to obey his king and pay his taxes. He had no right, not even to life itself, the state dominated, if not controlled by the economic activity which would result in Spain having a peasantry until the 1970s. The Saxon tribes that resisted Roman subjudication had a very uh, different political culture. Their leader was often elected and his, and his authority was limited by a body of elders. The king was considered the first among equal and he served his people rather than the other way around. Thus, he was subject to the same law at the more common man. It's always good to turn off Facebook when you're reading a story. Uh, but we'll, um, I'll carry on. <laughs> anyway, individuals, uh, where was it? The, thus, he was subject to the name of the same laws as the common man, although taxation existed, especially in times of war. There were limits on the power of, uh, of the kings to impose taxes. Individuals had a right and judicial punishment was decided by a body of peers. Most importantly, free men owned property in their own right and the government had very little influence on the economic activity of this, his people. This former government would make his way to England and by the time of Columbus would make the values of the English people very distinct and that of continental Europe, England would develop a classical liberal style of government based principles of limited government individuals rights, private property, and free market economics. Anyway, that's, there's a little bit of history. And we're going to, there's quite a lot here, actually. It's quite interesting to talk about why, obviously, in America, land of the dreams, but in Mexico, they're living in poverty. So, it's, I think I want to just try and read, read this, and so you can, maybe you can comment on it, and what you think, and give us your views. Okay, where was I? Um, I'm going to carry on reading. Um, while Romanized Spain was conducting its inquisition, enslaving the native populations of the New World, exploiting his, its people, England was waging a war, both uh, internally and externally, against uh, arbitrary, sorry, arbitrary, I rule, yeah. This struggle was, for an individual freedom would result in documents such as the Magna Carta and the Declaration of Rights in 1689. These documents which uh, could never be produced by Romanized Spain became the foundation of freedom in the United States and Canada, thus making them as free and prosperous as England herself. Th this was no surprise to Alexei de, de Tocqueville, is obviously French, who obs uh, observed nearly two centuries ago that colonies inherited their political culture from their col um, colonial masters, and while North America inherited liberty from their English masters, the Spanish colonies were uh, bequeathed Roman uh, authoritarianism. Get my tongue in there. Uh, my teeth in as well. Some of these big words. It's <laughs> interesting. Um, as we have seen throughout the history of Latin America, local deport, um, local despotism immediately replaced uh, that of their former masters. Politi politics, um, put my teeth in, it helps. Polit politics of the quadillo or strong man became the dominant form of government with little Caesars having unlimited power over their people. The people themselves were nothing more than, ch um, than chattel or, uh, to be exploited by the elites. 
As one Mexican adage put, put it, Mexico is a ranch and the president of it is the owner. Um, such a political culture could not produce a Washington, a Jefferson or Ad an Adams. It would only give birth to despots such as Santa Ana Interbride, Interbride and uh, um, Porfirio Diaz in Mexico. The more recent Castro in Cuba, the Chavez in Venezuela, nor could it allow the economic freedom that was produced, the prosperity enjoyed by their northern neighbours. The result being that the peasantry which the English colonies never had is still present throughout Latin America. This is why there is so much uh, disparity between the Saxonized United States and Canada and their Romanized neighbours to the south. One side unleashes the potential of the individual, creating freedom and prosperity for the society as a whole. The other sees the common man as nothing more than a subject. There is to serve need sorry, there is to serve the needs of the elite controlled state. One bedroom, a flourishing modern democracy with a vibrant financial system, while the others remain stagnant with a pleasant style uh, peasant style econ economy. A Mexican um, an, 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 an antidote. Oh, I'm still can't pronounce that word. And somebody's ran, random words. Tell you, please, I'm to read the papers. I should just look at the easy stuff. Uh, so, uh, challenge for reading this one. Anyway, <laughs> drink of water here, sorry. So, um, the. Where was I? I've lost my pay. lost my bit. The Mexican antidote. Um, any antidote? Ah, I can't. And I anyway, tells the tale of a girl who was visiting her cousins north of the border for the first time. As they drove around sightseeing, her cousins explained that it was all one once part of Mexico, but that the Americans took it. The girl, upon looking at the affluent, sorrowful remarks, and they took the best part too. Unfortunately, this is how most people see the difference between the two nations. Uh, never understanding the root because root causes for the economic in inequality that exists between the United States and Mexico can be found in their political cultures. So, uh, John L. Excuse me, John L. Hancock is a fellow of the American Freedom Alliance <clears throat> and the author of *Liberty Inherited: Creative Space* two thousand eleven. He will be a particip participate participant in the AFA-sponsored international conference, Magna Carta, 800 years struggle for human liberty in Los Angeles this weekend. So obviously that was, um, so that's the sort of, a bit of history for you behind this, what, Mexico and America are not, obviously it's not just a line on a map, it's, there's a bit more to it. So if you find that interesting, you find if you've switched off and you've to take the razor blade to your, anyway, we'll leave that one there. Next, I digress. I do. We're talking about San Francisco. Hard left gun control proponents um, have a habit of passing laws ostensibly to save lives, which actually do just the opposite. San Francisco hollow point ammunition ban is just such a law. Uh, a hollow point bullet is a bullet that expands in diameter once it hits the right kind of tissue. There is an exception, self-defense rounds, because the ex expansion creates a larger wound cavity. 
A hollow point bullet is therefore far more likely to stop an attacker with one shot, maybe two, uh, versus full metal jacket rounds fire in the same calibre. Full metal jacket round is just what it sounds like, a full metal, fully metal. It is a, a ball of lead covering his copper, which is smooth and slick and, and enters the body without tearing the ripping like a, a hollow point. So San Francisco banned hollow points but allows full metal jackets and that means everything is safer, right? Wrong. It actually means everything is now more dangerous. Full metal jacket bullets is a hot calibre, has a tendency to go all the way through an individual whereas a hollow uh, point grinds to the halt in the body. What what this means is that San Francisco's hollow point bullet ban opens the door to more people getting shot with bullets that have passed through intending targets and st struck innocents in the background. Um, just as the NYPD in July 98, New York Times reported that MIP was switched from the full metal jacket bullets to hollow points. Why? Because full metal jackets had demonstrated a pr uh, propensity to go through the intended target and damage and, or no harm intended persons or things. MITB, MIPD Police Commissioner um, uh, sorry, Howard uh, Safar put it, I'm losing my place there. Uh, Howard Safar put it in this way, put it this way, we are in fact going to switch to hollow point ammunition as soon as we receive it. They are much safer than full jacket, jacketed bullets uh, which will go through a person or tumble enough, tumble through a person's organs and then continue on and hit innocent victims. However, in addition to the threat over penetration, a full metal jacket round also lacks the stopping characteristics of a, a hollow point round. And this means San Francisco ban will also endanger lives by forcing elderly women, single moms and even smaller men to defend themselves with their families with less effective bullets. This is lost on the left because their legislation impetus is based on emotion rather than reason. They are stuck on thoughts of how painful a hollow point must be and how much damage a hollow point uh, must do, etc. And they never arrive at the uh, nation, the ration conclusion, rational, <laughs> having interesting talking tonight, rational conclusion that such a bullet, if in fact so effective, they will enable law-abiding citizens to equalise the playing field and defend themselves when under attack. This in addition to their failure to understand the full metal jacket rounds keep on going and going uh, even going and going and going. So, what do you think of uh, in America? What do you think about that? Obviously, the police using different ban on these type of bullets. So, these bullets obviously are uh, through and through. So, when they're being fired and they go through metal jackets and go right through the other the other side of the the target, the body, and could actually go through and hit innocent victims. So, what do you think of this? Do you think this should be banned? So, obviously, it's that if people are being shot or targets who've got guns, um, what's your verdict regarding, excuse me a second, regarding this, um, obviously the, when you fire a gun, you there's bullets that will just be lodged in the body that don't go through, would you prefer to, uh, the police to use guns like that or the ones that go right through, that's obviously, don't, we don't condone using guns at all but obviously in America there's guns people use guns to defend themselves etc etc um 
I also watched this recently a video on Facebook regarding how um, how a person who has a license to carry a gun, uh, if they're carrying a gun and they're stopped by police in their vehicle, and how to respond so you're not, if you, for example, the the senior officer is maybe with a rookie, so the rookie is coming around the other side of the car, while the main officer is coming around the driver's side, with being on the left in America, um, and how to approach the officer, how to construct a conversation regarding without saying I have a gun on me and the gun the, the officer withdraws his weapon and goes oh help <laughs> so it creates silly unnecessary tension now the video that I was watching was explaining how the officer was explaining and how to uh, for the guy in the car it was a sort of uh, to make it easier uh, obviously in America you keep your hands uh, where the officer can see them um, when they ask for your license registration you see here we go and he has said even if they've got a gun permit for example so instead of saying you've got a gun by saying yes I am carrying and the way to do it is to engage the officer and saying yes I'm carrying how do you wish me to proceed if you ask me to get out of the car if you ask me to get out of the car that kind of thing um, it's by engaging the officer that way will be a lot safer and better so and then you know what I mean so to save unnecessary problems for yourself so if you're ever in America you know how to do it if you are living in America and you have a gun and you know it's a, a simple way of doing it without actually causing harm or any problems if you engage the officer in a polite um, manner doing as he says or she says for example and saying yes, we are accepting about a gun. And saying yes, I'm carrying. How would you proceed me coming out, etc. So it makes it safer. I don't know what your thoughts are. I don't live in America. Sometimes you know, maybe you've been stopped by the, by the local constabulary, especially the cops, and you, um, yes, and you maybe have have a gun or how do you do it? Are you sitting there bricking it, <laughs> crapping bricks in your pants? Um, because you're not sure, like, oh man, I've got a gun, help, oh no! So anyway, there is something you give us your feedback on regarding certain bullets that are used with the, by the police. Next, TV. American TV. Uh, recent programmes I watched, which I think I watched, finished watching, was How to Get Away with Murder, uh, with Viola um, Davis. Very good uh, actress. Oh, but she's looks good for her age, fifties. She's something amazing. Some of these, well, they've got the money, they can keep themselves looking good. Um, but I think the what I'm going to talk about is well, what they're talking about. Obviously, big TV's biggest female stars. They talk about age, race, and sex scenes. So, just to, this is not Fifty Shades of Patrick and Ramsay. So you're okay. I'm just going to just discuss a news topic. So just to, just in case you're wondering. What we're going to talk about. <laughs> so, um, for the for the, this is obviously for the June the nineteenth issue, which is not June the nineteenth yet, but the Hollywood Reporter magazine. Um, but we'll skip the the general stuff. Um, 
Lizzie Kaplan, Viola Davis, Maggie G uh, Gyllenhaal, obviously the wife of Jake Gyllenhaal, or is she, yeah, or, yes. Taraji P. Henson, Jessica Lange and Ruth Wilson have opened up about arriving at their popular TV roles and all expressed feeling a desire to walk away from the acting at one point or another due to either the sexualized nature of Hollywood or because of the challenges of career progression. When I was starting out, I used to hear no a lot and still do. And you're not sexy enough, you're not pretty enough. Killing how the honorable woman recounted. After describing an audition um, where she was asked to go back and sex it up a little bit, she, the 37 year old said, okay, fuck this, excuse the language, sorry, um, after not getting the part. Lang, American Horror Story, and then quipped, I've been in the process of retiring for the, the last year, um, last 30 years. Henson, Empire, David and Davis, How to Get Away with Murder, who both took on challenging roles as part of the industry, uh, moved towards more diversity, describing adapting to their roles in order to connect with mainstream audiences. So, do you think that because of the way we are more broad-minded, more open. Do you think that um, the the demand, obviously, these older actresses are slightly they're later. They're not as young, or maybe not as they have to keep themselves fit, they have to keep themselves to keep looking good to compete with the younger model, for example. Um, are they having to say yes? Let's do these roles so they keep them in a job, really, or just simply say. No, uh, f this. Uh, I'm going by. Um, so, what do you think? Is that the case? Doesn't matter if they're black, white, kind of actresses are uh, in the case. So, excuse me, drink of water. Uh, but I carry on reading. A lot of people think those came from a woman. I kn I know, but actually, Cookie is based on my dad. Henson said that her Empire character trademark lines. While Davis said of her high sexual character, I had never seen a 49-year-old dark-skinned woman who is not a size 2, and <laughs> size 2, my word, uh, who is not a size 2, be sexualized role in TV or film. Davis continued, I am a, a sexual woman, but nothing in my career has never identified me as a sexualized woman. I was a prototype of the um, mummified role. Uh, then all of a sudden this part came and I fear uh, would be an, underst an understatement. Henson said her first sex scene was for the film Baby Boy. I knew the scene was coming and remember thinking Taraji uh, cannot be in that room. So I literally went home, stripped down naked, stood in front of the mirror and looked at every morsel of my body. As I dealt with it the next day I was so free, I was so ready. <clears throat> I was never... The actress, uh, I was never the actress asked to be the hot girl who took her clothes off on the first day of uh, work in Gyllenhaal told THR. I was never uh, objected that way, but the honourable woman, my character Nessa, is so controlled, I wanted the sex to be animal. Unfortunately, it was the BBC, and so couldn't be totally animal. It was the BBC for you. Uh, the bloated broadcasting corporation, the BBC, who would rather pay off, 
pay more money to TV presenters and rather than actually trying to sort pay money to sort out or actually sort out all the pedophiles in the ring of the BBC. Anyway, we'll leave that one there for another day. Killing Hal also added, I wanted to show uh, what a woman at my age actually really looks like. I am much more turned on when I see people bodies, people's bodies than I, that look like bodies I recognise. Uh, Kaplan, master of sex, said there are women of all ages and body types. It's a very, e a very equal opportunity of her Showtime series. On the perils of being a typecast for a particular character type, Wilson, the affair, said for a long time I did all these costumed, quiet, innocent women. Um, on her first sex scene, the actress stated, I can't just be normal, generic sex scene. Uh, there are assumptions that women are always the focus of uh, titillation, and I wanted my contract to say for every female orgasm, there had to be a male orgasm. And there we go. That's just, I'm just reading from Breibart. No, yes, it's Breibart. Uh, just in case you're wondering, if you want to confirm where my story. Um, yes, where are they? I sh show my, uh, I show my, I show my titties all the time," said Kaplan. After being asked if she ever objected her nude scene, the master of sex actress also appeared nude in the HBO's True Blood. He elaborated, saying, I was more afraid of doing nudity on True Blood. True Blood. It got easier after that, but I'm not even 100% comfortable. Gillen partially concluded the discussion by saying, I think sex in the film is so interesting. It's uncomfortable to take your clothes off in front of people you don't know, but it can be an opportunity to really, really interesting acting. I'm 37 and I had two babies and I'm really interested in nudity now. There we go. So if you're, uh, what's your take, ladies, uh, or any ladies who are up and coming actresses, are you, whether you're from Scotland or, or America or wherever, are you up, what's your take on nudity? taking your clothes off sex scenes in TV filming or TV shows or whatever you're doing. What's your take on that? What's your take on the sex scenes of doing them? Are you, do you feel comfortable or not comfortable? Um, what do you think? And for the modern, for the modern TV era, for the modern, for the two, uh, catering for the younger generation, is it a thing that's going to get better or worse uh, for the people as the mature actress enjoying the show tell us about it send us your feedback suggestions or thoughts to hatrick and ramsey at gmail.com <laughs>
um, scheme which has been rolled out by the DVLA, which is the Driving Vehicle Licensing Association, um, saying you do not need your paper part anymore and you're willing to have to issue a code if you want to rent a vehicle and all that, you just need your card part and not the paper bit anymore. Paper bit does have all your uh, your points or bands if you've uh, what you can drive and not drive on your paper part and it's a kind of a more they've just obviously thought it up typical government organization let's do this and on the first day they crashed the website so another harebrained idea by the British government a nice government department full of total unelected coin goes people who couldn't organize a piss up in a brewery and let's just bring out spend a whole lot of money on a new system to make it more complicated for people just to rent cards and stuff like that. Why are you hellbent on wasting money when the perfectly good system was fine? People bring their paper part, um, yeah, to show them what's on. Or you put a system in place that people must send their their paper part back um, every so many years to be updated of any points, etc., or points taken off, etc., uh, etc., etc., for driving. Simples. Like we have to do now to update our photograph every 10 years because we all change and we all look different every 10 years and no wrinkles appear. So, um, why don't they just do that? But, oh no, they spend the money. We're gonna spend, spend, spend. We've no money, but we can afford to spend it. Ah, it's ridiculous. What's your views? You're from the UK. What's your views on your driving license thing regarding ditching the paper part and having to go through all this hassle of getting a code? So, as I say, like my word, so I'm going to finish there. I hope you enjoyed our show. Please give us your feedback. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We've had a bit of history on the draw the line between Mexico and America. Uh, obviously, we it's not just a line, and obviously the difference between. The land of the dreams and the people who are not living in the land of the dreams uh, regarding a certain bu bullet type used by the police whether they should or shouldn't use it uh, with the risk of hitting innocent people uh, we've had the discussion regarding black and white actresses who are obviously aging regarding their race and sex scenes in their t tv shows and how do you feel about it uh, certainly not 50 shades of gray so you're okay there um yes so that is what we've been talking about and a little bit about our DVLA. We've had some lovely weather recently in Scotland over three days, uh, three days of summer and that's it and it's all back to rubbish weather. So but the good thing is, good thing about Scotland, good thing about Edinburgh is we, as I say, it's all, we've got good scenery, good things to do, lovely views, um, lovely history, historical castles and um, Oh, we're going to say cathedrals and lots of stories, especially Greyfriars Bobby. If you've never been to Edinburgh and you've once come to see Greyfriars Bobby and the grave and the story regarding that, you may have heard of that uh, re uh, for a long time ago or recently um, in your travels and your history of Ed of Scotland and whatever they teach you in America about Scotland or the UK. But anyway, I'm going to leave that there and say thank you for listening to my brief podcast and I hope you enjoyed our new jingles. Please give us feedback. Stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love and hugs. Until next time, bye-bye now.
your faith is shaken, you start to break, and your heart can't find the words. Tossed upon the sand, I give you a man against the world. All the people cheer till the end is near, and the hero. and blood Now I've walked the path from dark to light and they've yet 